Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello, and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast that we do in 2020. <laughs> yes, hello. I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarb. You can find us at WaitingForDoom.com. You can reach us at WaitingForDoom at gmail.com or on our Waiting for Doom Facebook page. And all our many episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbean.com, and Spotify these days. Woohoo! Woohoo! And I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at Reading underscore Hicks. And you can also get in touch with the Sentient Show Twitter account, Wilfred at WFDPod. Happy New Year, Wilfred. Anyway, it's great to be back in this uh, new century yeah or whatever we call it the the re-roaring 20s i don't know it's still early for that sort of thing but yeah <laughs> yeah wow, wow. We, we made it 2020 here we are you know what's not here in 2020 though paul what's that flying cars the jetsons <laughs> lied to us we're here in the future and the flying cars are not so um tv is all a lie it's full of shit <laughs> and I'm not scarred by it at all. Uh, yeah. You're one unhappy replicant. <laughs> yes, yes. Like moments in the rain or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> how, how was your uh, your your Christmas and New Year's and your your start of your 2020? How's all that been for you, Paul? Yeah, not too bad. I have read some comics, so I I made a few um, impulse buys, we'll call them, online oh. Oh. late last year, and okay. I bought a comic called Sex Castle. <gasps> Sex Castle is awesome! I love Sex Castle. You know where I picked up Sex Castle? Where did you pick up? Uh, actually, I think I do know. Did you go to Heroes Con? Yes, I went to Heroes Con, would you believe? And one of the <laughs> one of the times I went there, I picked up Sex Castle, and oh my god, that book is so much fun. Wow, I'm so happy you got Sex Castle. Sex Castle rocks. <laughs> but, but, but what did you think of it, Paul? Sorry. Yeah, no, it's great. It's yeah. um, the adventures of sure. uh, Shane Sexcastle, ex ex agent from somewhere, mm. um, and his tough, no nonsense life where people keep trying to kill him. Yes, and it all culminates in him uh, digging up the mysterious gunchucks mm. and uh, oh. going to town on people. Oh, and doesn't he just? My gosh. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Stark's image. It's a nice little book. Did you get it signed by Kyle? Uh, I can't recall. Um, it's somewhere on my bookcase here. I don't think I did. Um, I'm having a, a complete mental blank now. But yeah, I've I've definitely got it and I read it and I loved it and I still do. And it's so much fun. And I'm so happy that you read it and that you enjoyed it as well. And I did it in tandem with um, his assassination uh, graphic novel too, which is a oh, collection okay. of that mini series, which is by him and Erica Henderson, uh, famous oh, for Squirrel Girl. Yes, um, but that is like a um, what do you, I would call it? It's like a game show with uh, assassins trying to kill each other. Except it's not really a game show; it just is structured that way. Right. So it has like a score at the front with all the the rankings of the assassins, and uh, every uh, every issue, a whole bunch of them get killed, and <laughs> so it comes down to just a few. I, I must admit, I have not read that one yet, but I, I am now intrigued. So it's um, a lot of fun. It's yeah. mayhem. It's violent. Excellent. Has a character called Fuck Tarkington in it. <laughs> 
Of course it does. Of course it does. <laughs> what about you, Mike? What have you been reading? As the kids say, SFA. Uh, I am. I'm currently on holidays. I'm in. I think I'm in that weird point. I, I, I'm on like six weeks holidays. Okay, so I'm almost yeah. at the halfway point. But I'm at that weird point of an extended holiday where you're like, what day is this when you wake up? Or what date is it? And am I meant to be doing something today? Uh, So other than the issues we'll be talking about on this episode, I haven't really been reading much of anything. My pile of shame still sits there mocking me. I've still got a stack of comics to get through. I think part of my brain is is not looking forward to all the year of the villain tie-ins. Uh, well, not tie-ins, but, you know, all the year of the, the villain issues that I've got to wade through still. Um, for those that aren't aware, my my uh, local comic shop, Comic Empire, who uh, very kindly donated uh, the uh, Silver Age omnibus that we gave away last year, they actually had a fire. So they are closed indefinitely whilst all of that gets sorted out. Thankfully, no one was hurt. The main guy there, Tony, uh, my comic bro from there, he's he's okay. He's um, obviously not doing a lot uh, now that his livelihood is kind of on hold at the moment. But I've you know been chatting with him and he's he's kind of doing okay. So I'm gonna hopefully catch up with Tony soon and pick up. Um, apparently, my, my pull file and all the pull files were okay. They <laughs> they managed to escape the fire, so that's great. Um, I'm just worried as how much is sitting in there. So um, mm. uh, thankfully, it's all paid for before anyone gets up in arms about people that you know have a massive pull file and don't pay for it. <laughs> um, Comic Empire has a strict policy of prepayment uh, for Ooh. your pull file. So I adhere to that. I never miss a, a payment deadline. It's all okay, gang. Let's let's Good. Just, let's just keep it cool. Um, so yeah, I've I've got to catch up and pick up even more comics at some stage from from Tony, uh, and um, wishing him and Comic Empire itself a speedy return to the status quo. I guess yeah, it's the the shop is based is across the road from a couple of other stores, and thankfully. Um, the people who were already at work across the road alerted uh, the uh, fire brigade and the police in enough time so that the fire didn't spread and do more damage. But from what I understand, the centre of the shop was quite badly damaged. Uh, I'm still not sure how it started. So that wasn't a great start to the year for Comic Empire or for, you know, my comic buying needs, I guess. So, Mm, um, but yeah, my, my, I've been really, I've been, in this weird state of mind where, like, I'm not doing nothing, but at the same time, I'm feeling really lazy. And <laughs> uh, I I kind of just have this, oh, uh, yeah, I'll get to reading comics at some point. Uh, I'll put some laundry on. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll get to that later. I'm just, I guess it's kind of just laying back and not doing a whole heap of anything but at the same time feeling kind of bad about it. So, I'm in a weird headspace, yeah. a weird headspace, but it's nice to not be at work. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've got about another, uh, almost another four weeks to go. I'm just going to quickly check my calendar. Uh, one, two, three, about another three and a bit weeks to go. So, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll get some motivation to do something within the next three and a bit weeks, hopefully. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you maximise your fun and minimise your your, um, ennui. (laughs) Listen to you, Mr. Dictionary. Wow. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fancy. (laughs) Mm. 
Anyway, shall we look at the uh, the Doom news? Let's let's go to the Doom news desk right now. Let's do it. Alright, the uh, the most exciting thing that happened in uh, Doom Patrol news this week is that, well, there's two things. <laughs> <laughs> Issue 7 of Doom Patrol Way to the Worlds, guess what? What? It's been delayed. Ah. <laughs> well, uh, well, look, it's it's the only delay. That, it's the only delay. That it's the last run, one. Yeah, it's it's the only one that's happened in this current series. Yeah, they so. want to recapture that volume six magic. <laughs> At this stage. <laughs> yeah. So it's now coming out in February sometime. I forgot. When I, February twenty sixth. Uh, thank you, Mike. You are yes. smart. Yes. Yes. Um, and in other news, they had the big crisis on the Infinite Earths crossover on TV with uh, Batwoman, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and The Flash. Yes. And yes, that was a five-part crossover, and that concluded. And in the very last episode, there was a little cameo by a certain team that we call the Doom Patrol. Woo-hoo. And it established that they are on Earth-21 and right. dancing. Excellent. <laughs> well... Of course they are. Of course they are. <laughs> now, I have to say, I was a bit late to that whole Crisis crossover thing. Uh, so we have Foxtel over here. So I, I was like, okay, I'll search for the first episode. Found it. Watched it. Loved it. Found the second episode. Devoured that. It was great. Went looking for the third episode, which was from The Flash show. Yep. Couldn't find it. Oh, Couldn't find it anywhere. What? I searched high and low on Foxtel, and it... You know, I searched for Crisis, and it listed episodes one, two, four, and five. And what? I was like, "What? That? No? Why? What?" <laughs> so I haven't quite donned my grumpy old man pants and written a sternly worded letter to Foxtel yet. But oh, I'm so close to it. It's just oh, it was so frustrating because I want to watch the whole thing because the first two yeah. are really good. You know, Kev- Kevin yeah. Conroy as as the grumpy old. Slightly twisted evil Batman. That was great. Yeah. I was freaking out. Yeah. That was so awesome. And, and Burt wow. Ward's cameo in the first one. You know, yeah. Hol- holy crimson skies of doom. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <sighs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty good stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a whole DVD of it soon. Yeah, or a Blu-ray for those of you in the in the future. <laughs> um, Probably watching yeah. flying cars too. Anyway, sorry, I'm a little distracted by the ticking. Oh, um, well, it is for the very first time this year, this century. It is the brand new Doom Clock. Ooh. <laughs> so, as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it has been just on six weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, that being issue six of Doom Patrol Way to the Worlds, which we discussed in our last episode. And, yeah, as Paul just mentioned, issue seven, the final issue of this volume has been pushed back a month and is now due on February the 26th, 2020, which is another five weeks away. Uh, and also, for those that like to trade weight, uh, the trade paperback of One of the Worlds is now due out May 6th of this year, not April 1st, which just seemed <laughs> weird anyway. <laughs> So, now, Paul, I know you. I know you've been looking for the, forward to this over the Christmas break. I know you've been missing yep. this game. Are you ready for the this week in Doom Patrol history guessing game? 
I absolutely am. I think it's going to be my best effort this year. I probably, yes. All right, I'm rolling the eight-sided die of doom. You are getting five questions. Oh, easy peasy. Yep, yep. You'll only need, what, three of them? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably get one. (laughs) Let's go. All righty. Question the first. Was this volume two? No, this was not volume two. Oh. Question the second. Okay. Um, Is it a higher volume or a lower volume? It is a higher volume. Higher? (laughs) (laughs) No, sorry. I I should have asked the proper way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Okay. Yes. Question the third. Okay. Is it... Is it... Is it... Is it... Is it... uh, Volume five? No, it is not volume five. Okay, is it a lower or higher volume? <laughs> so, question the f- so your fifth question is: Is it lower or higher <laughs> than volume five? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, and then I'm just going to have a Tourette's guess. <laughs> um, higher. Okay, great, easy. It's um volume six, issue. Uh, four. Oh my god, it is! <laughs> <laughs> well done! Wow, what a complete one you pulled out of nowhere! <laughs> wow, well done. Yes, going on sale for $3.99 American on January 25th of 2017, with a cover date of March of that year, was issue 4 of Doom Patrol Volume 6. This issue was brought to us by Jared Way, Nick Derrington, Todd Klein, Tamara Bonvillain, Jamie S. Rich, and had a variant cover by Paul Rentler. Titled, I'm Sorry I'm Late, this story showed the negative being Keeg introducing Larry and Cliff to Nahal, the negative entity in negative space. Meanwhile, on Mobile Slaughter Unit X-19, Casey, Fug, and Ricardo were attempting to escape the Vectra by rescuing Danny the Ambulance and flying to safety, but not before learning the truth behind Danny Burgett and earning Torminox's wrath. You know, when you listen back to all that, it really does sound insane. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Uh, yeah, so we covered this issue all the way back in episode 83 from January of 2017, and you can find that in the Doom dossier for Volume 6 over at waitingfordoom.com. And that is it for the Doom Clock this week. Woo! Podcast Network is a collection of super friends plus Shag. So what could be more appropriate than a podcast about the super friends? It's for all mankind, a super friends podcast, a read-through show about the classic DC comic book series covering all 47 issues of the original run plus a few surprises. Hosted by me, Rob Kelly, and a rotating group of my super friends. Coming soon from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It all looks good to me. part of the show where we look at things in a segment called Doom Splaining, where we explain things to do with the Doom Patrol, and the things that we explain today are issues of the Doom Patrol from the comics, mm. and they are issues, um, Doom Patrol Volume 5, issues 12 and 13, and Mike is going to take us through issue 12, and he's doing that right this minute now. 
Go. Okay, so yes, uh, Volume 5, Issue 12, False Front, written by Keith Giffen, penciled by Matthew Clark and Ron Randall, inked by John Livesay, letters by Pat Brousseau, colours by Guy Major. It had a cover by Clark, Livesay and Major, and it was edited by Simona Martor and Elizabeth V. Gerling. And uh, apologies if I mispronounced anyone's name there. The cover, it's kind of cool. Uh, it's got the floating heads of the patrol, so Robot Man, Negative Man, Elastor Woman, and the Chief looking on uh, as the MSE frontmen appear to be leaping into battle. So uh, that, those members being Porcelain Doll, uh, Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, Dr. Sven Larsen, and Botfly, Dr. Amanda Botfly. Beckett. Botfly. Yes. Isn't she terrifying? <laughs> She nasty. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. That's, that's, yes, yes, she is. So, when we last saw this iteration of the patrol in issue 11 of this volume, which we covered in episode 151 from September of 2019, how has it taken us four months to get back to this volume? Uh, we're busy. Okay, sure. <laughs> Thea Joss uh, was well and truly on the offensive in that issue, publicly launching his MSE frontmen while calling the patrol's intentions and actions into question, while also secretly kidnapping Rita Farr, aka Elastor Woman, in order to instigate a fight between the two teams. Which definitely happened, as new sort of team member of the patrol, Ambush Bug, teleported Cliff Steel Robot Man and Larry Trainer Negative Man directly into MSE HQ. That issue ended with the revelation that Thayer was not quite himself, as after some serious monologuing and killing off Brotherhood of Data member The Toy, we learnt that Thayer was actually possessed by a new version of Mr. Nobody, now known as Mr. Somebody. <gasps> <laughs> Well coordinated. Yes, yes. Uh, so as this issue opens, uh, we see a science lab on Oolong Island where Niles Calder, the chief, and Dr. Rigoro of the science squad are studying the woman known as the Porcelain Doll, who we last saw being studied by the entire scientific community on the island in issue 11. And uh, she's sitting there in a containment cell just watching the two men. Just as Rigoro, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, uh, mentions how we'd like to get hold of one of the little blue men that repair the doll's cracked skin, an alarm sounds and the two men realise that those same little blue guys have made it into the system circuitry and have shut down the containment field. Uh-oh. Just as she steps towards the two men, Ambush Bug teleports into the room, grabs Porcelain Doll, mumbles some gibberish about being a delivery man, then teleports away with her. As the sirens die down, the chief asks Rigoro if he needs the little blue men to be alive and shows him a zoomed-in camera feed of the little men laying prone. Noel says it appears their mortality is linked to her proximity. Mm. Meanwhile, at MSE HQ in Sacramento, California, Ambush Bug teleports into a large room with Porcelain Doll and hands her over to Thea Joss, who is talking with the rest of the Doom Patrol. As we, the reader, learn that Rita was nothing more than a bargaining chip for the doll's return, the Patrol learned the truth behind Thea. That is, that Mr. Somebody has been in the driver's seat all along. Mr. Somebody assures him that he's well past the counterproductive endeavours of his previous self and is then happy to mention the punctuality of the press before asking Dr. Larson, aka Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, to help with something. 
Outside the front of MSC HQ, members of the press have indeed gathered for yet another statement by Thayer Joss. And while they're wondering what he'll say this time, Robot Man comes crashing to the ground right near the group. Cliff looks up to see Alaster Woman falling through the sky, pursued by AVM Man, whilst Negative Man is chased by a swarm of the mutant monsters created by Botfly, Dr. Amanda Beckett. Cliff leaps skyward to grab Larry and get him away from the mutants, while Risa suddenly shrinks and immediately re-embiggens herself to send AVM Man flying backwards with a massive punch. As the fight continues to rage outside, inside we see Mr. Somebody on the phone, demanding someone do a good job of editing footage on the fly. It's then that Thayer comes to again, finally over the shock of somebody leaving his body. Mr. Somebody warns him to not ruin this exhilarating moment for him, as he reveals he's released smart dust into the area, containing micro-miniaturized cameras the size of a dust speck, which are easily inhaled and are currently transmitting the fight live. Before long, the edited footage is broadcast everywhere, showing the patrol to be the bad guys, and soon the chief receives a video call from somebody in Thayer's clothing. Mr. Somebody reveals that in five minutes, his front men will be killed by lethal blows in their own uniforms, key to the powers of the Doom Patrol, making it look like the patrol have killed them. The best option for the patrol is to turn, run home to Oolong, and start working on some public relations to restore their now tattered image. And sure enough, the patrol is soon back on Oolong Island, knowing that they've been played again, and that the world still doesn't like them, but at least they have each other. Mm. That's a very brief synopsis. Paul, what did you think of this issue? This is a really good issue as far as the the structure of the fight, the geography of it all. It's all really well done in that mm. it makes lots of sense. And um, I love the bit, thing, like you've got um, Botfly saying things like, you made me like this with your experiments, and you know, etc. <laughs> and then uh, Faye is complaining that um, uh, Animal Vegetable Mineral Man is not following his script and using <laughs> his lines. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it really is um, a case of the villain is well ahead of uh, the Doom Patrol in this case. Oh yeah, and part of that I think is because the chief is really not involved with the team. He just sends them out and leaves them to it, mm-hmm. and then he only you know he gets irritated and gets on the comms and sort of solves things when he has to. But yeah. um, yes, it's fair to say the chief has been pretty preoccupied in this uh, run so far, mm. and um, I think in a couple of issues' time we'll understand what he's preoccupied with. Yes. Um, Yes, but um, yeah, really good fight, uh, great choreography, uh, great art by the team of uh, Clark and Randall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. What did you think? I, I completely agree. It's it's a great, great issue. It, yeah, they are, well, Mister Somebody is ahead of them the entire time. Uh, one of my favourite scenes in this is the fight between uh, Rita and Sven, uh, yeah. particularly the part where he turns into a Velociraptor. And as she embiggens her fists to try and come down on him, he, in Velociraptor form, leaps up on her head and starts biting into her head. And when you flip the page, you can see that her head is coming apart like silly putty. Yeah. And that where he has clawed into her shoulder, it's just left giant, like, imagine Play-Doh being, you know, cut into with a a knife. That's what she looks like. And that's going to be... 
discussed more in the next issue, but when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, that's right, I forgot that that happened. So, yeah, so uh, there's no internal organs or blood or no. you know, bone or anything, it's just all this uh, sort of pink texture. Mm. And, and yeah. speaking of pink, uh, another scene in this that I really liked that was happening within the MSE's headquarters whilst the fight was going on outside, there's a very quiet one-page scene with a porcelain doll in her room. Uh, and the walls are all pink, and she's got shelves with eggs on like little fluffy-looking cushions. And there are portraits of, I, I guess it's some sort of Humpty Dumpty-type character. I don't know. That's... Um, um... That's Egg Fu. Oh, or, it is um, too. Yeah, yes. from oh, Oolong Island, who yes. was uh, in 52, and old Wonder Woman villain. Yes, okay, that makes, well, okay, it's good to put a, a, a name to the face, I guess, but I'm not sure, because then she picks up one of the eggs, she cracks it open, and more of the little blue men come out, and yeah. she puts them in her pouch, and it's like, oh, what, what, what? And from what I recall of the series... She's never her backstory or anything about her is ever really expanded upon it. And I'm just like, what's going on? She's got a whole page dedicated to her here, but we never really learn anything more about it. So it's a great looking page, but it's also frustrating in that it's kind of a dead end. <laughs> so yeah, well, it indicates that to me that she is the result of um, yeah, uh, Eggfu's experimentation, but. Mm. It, this was something obviously done away from Oolong Island or done in secret on Oolong Island because none of the scientists on Oolong Island who are still there, you know, know about her or recognise her and they're all very interested in her technology. Yes. Um, mm. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great issue and it's, it's just the way that, you know, some Mr. Somebody just plays them all. It's like, well, you know, they're, pardon the pun, doomed either way, you know. They're either... The front men are all going to die, or well, the the you know public image of the patrol is in tatters no matter what, because all these micro cameras are, are capturing everything, and whoever's doing the editing is you know broadcasting this edited feed to television stations, so that yeah, when Joe Public sees the footage of you know Doctor Beckett screaming, "Your your experiments did this to me. You turned me into a monster." It's like wow, okay, why did the patrol do that? You know, what what are they up to? So, yeah, it's not, publicly it's not a great day for the Doom Patrol in this issue. But <laughs> it's a great no. issue. It's it's a great read. It's really good fun. Yeah. Mm. I'm just trying to remember. I think Egg Food was known as Shang, Shang Zhu or something at, by this stage. With I can't the, the less The less offensive <laughs> Asian stereotype name. Mm. but uh, Yeah, yeah. I can't recall. Yeah. Chang Zhu. Okay. Yeah. Chang Zhu, that's what he was going by on, um, yes, Oolong Island during the 52 series. Right. Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, okay. But yeah, it's it's another great issue in another great volume of the Doom Patrol. Sure is. Now, Paul, take us on yes. to issue 13, which, spoiler warning, I love issue 13. I'm just going to put that out there already before you even start. <laughs> it's that good. Well, I, can, I I concur. I think issue 13 is probably the best of the run. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. uh, well, let's look at the cover. It's got a cover by Matthew Clark, and it has a sort of collage of photos of Rita 
uh, with different hairstyles, etc. So, but uh, joined together to make one solid picture. Um, and you can mm. see other pictures around. So it's it's kind of like you know the images she has on the mirror in her room that we've seen a few times in this series, or quite like what you see in the TV show with mm. Rita. Yes. Yeah. So the, a beautiful cover by Matthew Clark, um, quite different to the other covers that we've seen in this run. So this is uh, Doom Patrol 13 of Volume 5. It came out in, well, it's October 2010 on the cover, but it was actually August the 4th that it actually arrived. Two ninety nine, edited by Elizabeth Gurlain, and it's called I'm Still Rita, which is one of the best titles of this run. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Keith Giffen, art by Matthew Clark and Ron Randall on the pencils, ink by John Livesay, and lettered by Patrick Brousseau, and coloured by Guy Major. So let's take a look at what's inside. So, uh, after the the battle with MSC, Larry and Cliff are talking to Rita. Karen Duncan, who's the miniature um, bumblebee from the Titans, uh, who's been living with Rita, flies out of the room to hide her tears as Rita is confessing to her friends that she can't live with this secret anymore. Larry observes that both he and Cliff have had to adjust to the disassociation of having new bodies and their identity crisis that came with that. Cliff apologises to Rita as he always thought the pictures of herself around her room were evidence of her vanity and Rita accepts his apology and says it's okay, I'm still Rita. Later, Cliff confronts the Chief for Rita's physical state. After Cliff leaves, the Chief watches a recording that show him talking with Rita after her resurrection. He talks about recovering a piece of her skull from the island near Codsville, where the Doom Patrol died in Doom Patrol Volume 1, Issue 121, the classic. Um, he explains that he had mm. added pl- protoplasm to the genetic base, but a certain amount of instability is to be expected. The camera eventually shows Rita's face, which is melted like a horror wax show, as she sobs, What's wrong with me? Mm. Anyway, in the present day, the next day, Rita is sunbaking, and Karen flies up to see if she's okay. After landing on her shoulder, Karen uh, is told by Rita that she's a good friend for dying to know but not asking what it was like to be revived. So she tells her. She talks about how the chief regrew her in a pool, uh, which we know as the think tank from Doom Patrol Volume 2, Grant Morrison. Mm. (laughs) And he used nanites and she sat up in a protoplasmic shapeless blob shape. And uh, gradually she was able to literally pull herself together, even experiment with her looks using photographs and images to uh, reshape her face as she remembered it. Yes, talks about how self-identity is not something you automatically have. You have to work on uh, visually. So um, so Karen asked, why, was that why she took down her movie post of the glob that she starred in? And uh, Rita says, yeah, that was too close to reality. Uh, <laughs> Karen then asks if Steve knows, this is Steve Dayton or Mento, who was uh, the former husband of Rita, and um, we've since learned was a sort of mental-powered abuser. Mm. Boo! Uh, Rita says with all his poking around in her head, he would have to. Rita then says she's been avoiding this long enough and walks to Steve's resident, lets herself in, and sits and waits and broods. And as she does this, we see excerpts of her life with with him in sort of diarised form, as, you know, getting married, meeting him, adopting Gar, uh, Logan, uh, Beast Boy, and uh, the tension in the family as uh, Gar and Steve did not get on at all, etc. Um, eventually, Steve arrives home and finds Rita waiting for him in the dark. She says, we should talk. Mm. Larry and Cliff also talk to each other about their feelings for Rita, that she is the reason they're both here, and uh, they 
realise the chief knows this and is manipulating them by having her resurrected on the team. Hmm. Hmm. At the same time, Rita in Rita's room, Karen is reading Rita's diary, particularly the section on her accident during the filming of the movie Dark Continent, which Rita was hoping would be a break, breakout role for her. Uh, she was doing her own stunts, and uh, in one scene she's in the water, um, and there's a tethered croco- crocodile which is uh, nearby, and it gets loose, and uh, the crew shoot darts at the crocodile and uh, hit her instead, and she goes over a waterfall <laughs> to avoid the crocodile, and then angrily pulls herself on shore and smashes a rock, which uh, has this green gas in it, and then... After a bit of time off, she returns uh, for filming and when told that she must do this scene again, loses control and suddenly becomes very large and very naked um, and then hides very <laughs> small. Suddenly. Um, suddenly she is propelled into a life of fame as a freak and she feels truly alone and she never anticipated becoming a superhero, but that was what the chief had planned for her. And as we know from previous volumes of the Doom Patrol, uh, the chief engineered her accident, which caused this event. Mm. 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 So, yes. Mm. Rita tells Steve he's very lucky she was not able to see him after the black hole incident. That was where uh, Steve took control of her mind to affect um, mental powers on all the people in Germany at the time. And Yes. yes without her um, permission. Yes. Mm. Yeah, he says he knows and he's sorry. It'll never happen again. He's been talking to Father Rocky. Um, he just he's getting help, and he just wants her to be happy. This upsets Rita. She realised that he was always very good at making her happy because he always invaded her mind to see exactly what would do that. As they talk, Steve mm. brings her a drink, and Rita realises that it's still happening. Did I ask for that drink? Have I ever had to ask for anything with you lurking in my head? She grows to giant stars. Still want to make me happy? Is that it? Is that it? Smashing through the roof of his house, Steve clutched in her giant fist. Smile, pervert. You're about to make me the happiest woman in the world. And that's where the issue ends. Ooh, damn. Oh, my gosh. Whew. Yeah. So, Mike, what do you reckon? I love this issue. It is... It's such... It, okay. I love it because you can see in the TV show, this is where they've taken a fair chunk of her origin story. So, that's great. I love that it's, when this came out, it was also an updated retelling of her origin story, but through her own eyes, which we hadn't, uh, we probably saw a little bit of in volume one, but to see the emotional side of it and the effect that it had on her you know, with her original accident yeah. that caused her powers to begin with. But then also what Niles did in order to resurrect her after the Codsville incident, you know, he went scouring the beach for a fragment of her, well, for any fragment of her, found a fragment of her skull, and then, yeah, used the think tank of all things, you know, just uh, that, you know, creepy thing that he had the nanites in, yeah in the the Morrison case era, uh, he used that to regrow her with some protoplasm. That's so creepy and bizarre. And then when you see what her true form is, that's just heartbreaking. Yep. You know, this giant plastic blob sitting upright in this 
capsule bed thing. And then, yeah, the, the, that's the reason why she's got so many photos of herself around, so she can try and reshape herself into what the world knows Rita Farr as in terms of appearance. It's, oh, it's just so well done. Yeah. It's such a great issue. It really is. Yeah, it even tries to smooth over some of the cracks with Volume 4, the Doom, uh, John Byrne Doom Patrol, where he sort of ignored everything that came before. Um, and then they mm. updated continuity to, to sort of integrate everything and said, well, this happened and that happened. So it all happened, but now we're seeing mm. some of the, um, you know, now she was resurrected uh, instead of, you know, affected by Niles. Yeah, it's sort of bringing it all together. So we see even a, a full-page spread which has images from uh, Doom Patrol Volume 4 as well in amongst all the Doom Patrol adventures with Rita. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right. This is absolutely foundational stuff for the characterization and depiction of Rita in the TV show. Like, they've they've mm. basically taken this uh, element and it just extended it into her personality of being um, a performer, a movie star, someone known for her looks, and, you know, mm-hmm. basically use that as a point of vulnerability in her personality, that she, you know, is vain and insecure, and, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was the starting point in the season, where they were able to, to grow Rita and uh, sort of rehabilitate her into being more kind, and, you know, certainly the Rita we see at the start of the TV show is very harsh and um, self-absorbed, and... Uh, yeah, that oh, changes yeah. as it goes yeah. on as she learns to care about people and sort of recon- reconcile, you know, things that she did in her past, which she's not proud of. So, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Also, the the scene with Cliff and Larry on the beach where they're talking about Rita, it, you know, the stuff like, oh, she's a little sister you never wanted, you know. And my favourite part of that is where, towards the end of the discussion, Larry says to Cliff, she is still Rita. She is, isn't she? And Cliff responds with, ask me that again and we go a few rounds. I'm like, yes, that is how much Cliff cares for her. That, you know, she's always been Rita. And even though her appearance is, his and her form is different, it's still essentially Rita. Yeah. It's it's still the, the Rita they've always known and cared about and had as like a family member for for the most part of their, their adult lives. And I'm just like, just the red glow in Robot Man's eyes when he says that, it's like, yeah, how how, how could Larry even ask that? You know? It's yeah. like... You know. And it's like they're all, you know, lost without um, each other. And so, mm, yeah, yes. and the Chief basically plays on that, but that's why Rita is there, because he knows that uh, uh, there's such loyalty from Cliff and Larry to Rita that, mm-hmm. you know... Basically, uh, their love for her can excuse the sins of the chief in this situation. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. And the other scene I love is when Rita is waiting for Steve Dayton in his residence on the island. And, you know, Steve gets home from wherever he's been. He sees Shattered Glass, and she's sitting there uh, on, a, on a seat in the living room in the dark. Yeah. And just the scowl on her face when she says, We should talk. I'm like, Yes, Rita. You need to tell Steve where to go, because if you don't, I will. And I can't believe I'm getting this angry about a fictional character. But still, he's he's been horrible to her. Yeah. You know, even under the guise of, oh, I just want what's right for you, and I, I just want you to be happy. It's like, dude, you're invading her mind yeah. in order to do that every time. Yeah. You know, and it's just oh, particularly because just that so confrontation was promised at the end of issue three, and then it was sort of interrupted by uh, Blackest Night immediately happening. Because <laughs> she was actually going Whoops. to talk to um, Steve, and she was fu- mm. furious and fuming, and then 
Blackest yes. Night happened and all sorts of mayhem happened and they've had a few adventures since then and she, you know, this was promised and anticipated and now it finally happens and, uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I think this issue was, was like the turning point for Rita in this series and that she's like, okay, I have to tell my best friends what's really going on with me because they've just seen me in a fight where, you know, I came apart like silly putty. So she's kind of had to be honest about that and I think, yeah, yeah the... The confrontation with Steve was promised earlier, and I think there's been distractions and things getting in the way, but I think it's really well-timed that it's like she's gone, okay, you know what, I've confronted this honestly about my body, I now need to go and confront Steve honestly about my mind mm. and just take care of it. And the the final page where, you know, he, he's still reading her mind and giving her the drink, and she just snaps, and I don't blame mm. her, you know, but... He's not looking in a good spot in her fist. Yeah. <laughs> she's just crashing through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. And funnily enough, this issue ends volume two with the collections. And um, yeah, so it was a, a real cliffhanger for those books. And uh, volume three was solicited and then never published. So um, oh, people no. who got the trades, they never got the end of this. So they never saw what happened. Did she rip uh, Steve oh, to bits and, wow. uh, and get her... You know, very just revenge, or did she show mercy? Mm. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, we can tell you because we have the issues. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next time on Waiting for Doom <laughs> to see what happens to Steve Dayton. Yeah, but uh, what a great uh, issue! But yeah, the, and classic it, cover. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I one of my favorite parts of this volume is that Rita, Cliff, and Larry each get their own spotlight issue, yeah. and I think I think. I, I think from memory, they, well, you know, obviously the Rita one is great. From memory, the Cliff and the Larry ones were really well done as well. But I think the Rita one is probably the best of the three. It's just, just, oh, it just, when, when you see her true form, it just hits you right in the gut. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. And when you, you read what Niles did in order to bring her back so he could manipulate the other two in the team, you're just like, oh, Niles, you, oh God. Such... Such manipulation. Yeah, and that's the common thread with those uh, spotlight issues is that you see Niles would go to any lengths to bring these people, you know, uh, to life and, you know, even giving Larry completely new bodies unrelated to his, you know, his own body so that um, mm-hmm. basically he can plug into anyone who's in a coma at, uh, as needed. Yeah. yeah. So no wonder they all have oh. issues about their identity and they're all... <laughs> Quite um, an angsty team. <laughs> mm, yes, no, no wonder they have issues with Niles as yeah. well. It's like, oh, wow. Ah, oh, me. I, I do miss the Niles from the 60s where he was more of a nicer lead character, I guess, you know. But it's still an interesting turn that his, his character has taken in the later decades of the team's history. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, two great issues. Oh, I love them both. Mm. So well done. Well, Doomsplained? I believe so, yes. Yeti. And now it's time for the Mailbag O-Doom for the first time in 2020. And uh, at the end of last year, our question of the week, which was about four or five weeks ago now, was what's your favourite create-your-own-category of 2019? And first off, we heard from Sean Ross from the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. And Sean said, My favourite moment from Waiting for Doom this year was when Mike kept yelling, My bits! 
except it got me thinking about the bits of the world, which is too many bits to consider all at once. More of a, my bunch! (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Uh, Did you ever do that at work or just on the podcast? Oh, just on the podcast. Like, I'm going to walk around at work going, my bits! (laughs) Come on. I enjoy being employed. (laughs) Uh, But yet that still is one of my favourite bits. Sorry, pardon the pun, uh, from Way to the World so far. That's just so silly and and brilliant. And, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So I'm glad you enjoyed that, Sean. Excellent. I shall try to yell a bit a bit more often. <laughs> we heard from our good friend Dr. Ange at DrAnge70 on Twitter. He said, my favourite comic introduction of 2019 is The Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, that was a good Woo. one. And he also said, my favourite blog run on my site was my Leviathan theory, even if I was wrong. Didn't he have a great time with his Leviathan theory? Uh, like, I I was... I'm basically waiting for the collection of that. Yep. So I've kind of only absorbed it by reading blog posts. And, that. and yeah, Ange was doing some deep diving with that stuff. It was great to read. Yeah, I still prefer... Cool. I would have preferred if his first pick was right rather than what we actually got, but... Uh... Say la vie. Mm-hmm. Yes, es la vie, as the French say. Um, speaking of Frenchies, look, it's Juice005, because <laughs> I think he's French-Canadian, maybe? I don't know. Uh, and Aaron said, my favourite Doom Patrol slash X-Men theme podcast has you all slotting in at number four. Congrats. Thank you. Number four. Right. We did really try. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... We'll try and reach number three this year, maybe? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Tough crowd, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, we also heard from another renowned blogger, um, Martin Gray of Too Dangerous for a Girl blog, which does comic reviews, also did stuff on Leviathan, so check that out. So he's great little reviewer. He said, my favourite escape from Brexit nonsense, comic culture, the books, the podcasts, the people. Nice. Oh, that's nice. nice. Oh, uh, we then heard from Tim Price. Actually, Tim chimed in a lot in this mailbag, so um, gird yourself. Uh, Tim said, My favourite comic reading project of 2019 was New World of Krypton for DCOCD. Uh, my favourite podcast intro music of 2019 goes to Squadron Supreme Cast. Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Nice. Yeah, Greg and Sean, great, great podcast, that one. We heard from Jay Powers at Bebay Bear 24 and he said, here's a few. Favourite podcast discovery, Waiting for Doom. Found you guys this year. Happy I did. Yeah. We're happy you found oh, us because you would have heard your response to this now because of us hearing yes. you, hearing us. Um, comic book... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Comic book happening. The reintroduction of the classic JSA. Hope they do something cool with it now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's a, you can bring them back, but what do you do with them? That's what I... We want to know. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. you mentioned favourite sandwich. Uh, Delhi started carrying cranberry sage turkey. Yum. That does, that does sound yeah, good. Yeah, that does sound good. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, we then heard from Sean Ross again. Uh, and he said, My favourite moment on DCOCD was when Tim Price showed up on the Countdown episode and was the only one who did his homework. <laughs> to which Tim replied, Wait, that was my least favourite moment of 2019. He wasn't the only one. Steve Lacey did his homework right. too. Okay, okay, good to know. <laughs> Hang on, that me. Wait, wait, does that. No, never mind. Oh. <laughs> uh, we heard from Tim Price again. What a shock. He said, My favourite comic related purchase in 2019 is my Justice Lego International. 
and he showed off a picture of lots of uh, Justice League Lego figures. So he's got uh, mm. Animal Man, Fade, Blue Beetle, Martian Manhunter. Uh, zoom in. Booster Gold. Booster Gold. Guy Gardner. Black Canary. Big Barter. Uh, yep. Flash. Yep. Guy Gardner. Uh, Captain Adam. Yeah. Hawkman. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Clock King's in there too. I'm not quite sure why, but uh... Injustice League sort of. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Very nice. Cool. All right. Yeah. Uh, we then heard from uh, oh Tim Price again, and he said my favourite podcaster field event of 2019 was Boston Fan Expo. So very podcasters. Maybe he meant so many podcasters. So okay. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed that event. Hmm. Uh, we heard it from our friend Jonathan Dye, and he said, So, first thing, thanks for the call-out on the new episode. It really means a lot you guys make something like this about something you guys love. Find positive stuff. Have interaction with the fans. It legitimately puts a smile on my face. Anyway, my favourite thing about the year, so many great moments in my fandom. My friends being healthy, family, I don't know. We live in a world where people know who Robot Man is. Things are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, we then heard from Ashford from the Huntress Batgirl podcast, and Ashford said, Believe it or not, reading volumes 1 to 6 plus Word of the Worlds has been my favourite fandom thing in 2019. That's so cool. Yeah. Thanks, Ashford. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, oh, 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 it's Tim Price. <laughs> Oh, again. Yeah, and he said, my most international conference call in 2019 was was with Reading Hicks and Quiz Lacey. Uh, That was the countdown episode as we've talked about before. What did we talk about? Uh, I don't recall. (laughs) He's uh, blacked it out. Sure. Uh, and then we heard from uh, at Casual Hex, Revenge Technician on Twitter, and uh, they said, Doom Patrol, doesn't even matter what the question is, that's the answer. (laughs) Nice. Cool. Hmm. And we heard from our friend Kevin Wetter on Facebook, and he said the answer was Doom Patrol Podcast, and didn't really specify the category, but uh, we can suss that out. I think he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, All encompassing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> favorite entertainment, favorite thing from Australia, favorite thing with two men, <laughs> um, favorite pair of beards. It could, yeah. It's 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 a, a wide. <laughs> White category. Oh, dear. Anyway, then uh, in the mailbag, we heard from... Who's this? Oh, Tim Price. Okay. <laughs> that guy, again. Uh, and uh, Tim was chiming in on uh, episode 155, Fresh Baguettes for Christmas, our final episode for 2019. And Tim wrote, Well, issue six was definitely a comic. I enjoyed the previous issues a bit more than this one. The main story was a big problem. I kept thinking, why is the patrol going along with this so eagerly? It seems fishy. And when I can see the twist coming, you know it's been telegraphed too much. But I do look forward to resolving Cliff's story. Oh, he's totally addicted to the upgrades. He can rationalise it as, I'm doing good things and helping people, so I can do it as much as I want. And that's what makes it so insidious. Poor Cliff. Thanks for another year of podcastery goodness. See you in 2020. And don't be a bum crumb. I mean, rump bum. I mean, meh, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Tim. Always a faithful thanks, commenter, Tim. Tim. 
Mm. Yes, yes, much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, we also heard from Craig McDonald, and he said, I've enjoyed most of the issues, though I wasn't fond of the artwork in the first two issues of Weight of the Worlds. I wish Rita had gotten more to do in this series and that the positive man development for Larry had been explored more. Overall, the individual stories have been a lot of fun, but they always move so fast and there isn't much room for character development. I enjoyed the previous series much more, but this has been okay as a limited series. I'm wondering if we'll get another limited series or a full Doom Patrol monthly series next. Hopefully we won't have to make, wait much longer to find out. Yeah, I'm hoping we don't have to wait. I'm really looking forward to uh, a new Doom Patrol. I've, you know what I really miss? And it sounds weird. Uh, the Chief. I'd really like to see the Chief active in Doom Patrol again. Mm, yeah. 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 Uh, like, we've seen hints of him in Volume 6, but... He was, yeah, he was, he was, he wasn't, he didn't come across as, as manipulative or as creepy as he has in Volumes 5 and Volumes 2. Yeah. He seemed a bit more like the old, friendly old uncle who digs weird science. But yeah, last we saw him, he was kind of kicked to the curb by Cliff. So, yeah. So which, which version of, the chief would you prefer to see back um i would like to see the team led by the chief i think um mm-hmm. and perhaps some sort of adjustment of you know their reconciliation with him or some new role for him or you know some mm-hmm. redemption for him possibly yeah 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 but I'd, be cool. I'd love to see the team have um sort of more coordinated adventures uh yeah i mean it's been a a, a wacky side trip with um weight of the worlds um but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes next. Whether we're going to go full Vertigo or something a bit more mainstream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, given the popularity of the show, I'm sure they're going to do something that is sort of um, thematically uh, compatible. Compatible with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But we'll see. Mm. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Mike? What's your answer for what was your favourite category oh. of blah blah 2019? Okay, my favourite. Oh, I'm I'm hopeless at best of lists. I really am. <laughs> Just, um, how about you shoot me a category and I'll give you an answer. Uh, favorite engagement. Um, mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's valid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, it it happened very nicely and uh, it was well received. And yeah, there are you know hashtag Operation Wedding 2020 is you know in full effect now. Wow. So yeah. um, it's all happening. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of my favourite movie. And as per usual, it's always like the last movie I saw in the year. Because I can't remember any of that. <laughs> was Captain Marvel this year? Uh, 2019? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Okay. Well, my favourite comic book movie would probably be Captain Marvel. Uh, just because I dig the character. My favourite non comic book movie that I saw, and I don't go to the movies a lot, uh, would probably be Knives Out. Oh, yeah. Um, How good was that? That was, that was some. I, I knew very little of it. Uh, I knew uh, some of the names from the cast. I knew it was a murder mystery, but yep. uh, that was all I knew. And then went in and watched it. It was so much fun. The cast were great. The story was. was Lots of fun and intriguing. Lots of twists and turns. Chris Evans was really good in it. Mm. Um, I mean, he's usually good, but he was really good in that. And oh, the the woman who played Marta, Anna de Armas, yeah. she was good. She was, I actually saw someone online saying, sort of say something like, oh, I vote for her to be uh, play Zatanna. 
oh, on screen. Wow. I was like, you know what? Okay. Yeah, yeah I sure. kind of see that. Yeah. yeah. She'd be good for that. I love that um, she got through the film by being nice. <laughs> Whereas everyone else <laughs> yeah. was deceitful and sneaky, and um, yeah, that was her strategy: was mm. to be honest and nice and do the right thing at all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, it's like I say: don't be a crumbomb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, my favourite meal of the year was probably oh, actually Christmas lunch this year was pretty good at my house, so that was definitely nice and yummy. My favourite TV show of the year would probably be, be BoJack Horseman. <laughs> Have you seen BoJack Horseman? I've never seen BoJack Horseman. Okay, BoJack Horseman is... It's it's a cartoon. It's set in a world where there are anthropomorphic animals. So BoJack Horseman is a horse that talks and you know walks upright. But, you know, yep. he has a horse for a, a horse's head as his head. Uh, <laughs> and his agent is Princess Caroline, who is a cat. And uh, his what his kind of uh, frenemy is a dog called Mister Peanut Butter. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so it's 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 very weird, but it hits on some really heavy stuff. Uh, it is not a cartoon for kids or for the whole family to sit around and watch. There is one episode where he goes to uh, an underwater city uh, with all the fish people, and it is basically a silent episode. And it's so well done. There's another episode where he is giving the eulogy at his mother's funeral. That is so well done. I I would, if you want uh, a show that is animated, funny, and sometimes just makes you stop and think about your own life because it hits really hard with certain things, BoJack Horseman is the show for you. And it's wrapping up... It, it did one of those weird things where it did like half a season towards the end of last year, and it's finishing up its final season next month, I think. So I'm really looking forward to that. And and so yeah, so BoJack is a uh, an actor. He was on a popular TV show in the um, I think the late '80s called Horse and Around, where he kind of took in on the show. His character took in three kids, and he was like the father figure. Uh, and then he spent a lot of the years after the show involved in drugs and alcohol and being horrible to people. Oh. And it's kind of about it's it's a lot of it is about BoJack's redemption and about making himself a better person. But oh my god, it's such a good show. It's uh, I want to watch it all again from the start. Um, <laughs> it's. <laughs> So that's probably my favourite TV show. I can't... My favourite comic? I, too difficult to pick. I could be completely biased and say... Um, Doom Patrol Volume 6. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's too easy. I can't think of a single issue or storyline. Actually, biggest comic book surprise for me was Tom King's new Suicide Squad. Tom Taylor. Sorry, Tom Taylor. It's fine. We'll get Wilfred to edit that bit out. It was some Tom guy, you know? Yeah. Um, The the guy that wasn't writing Doom Patrol. I didn't expect to enjoy that as much as I did. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Actually, actually, that that single issue surprise. Series surprise for uh, uh, more than one issue. Wonder Twins. (laughs) Yes. Wonder Twins by your boyfriend, Mark Russell. That I didn't expect to enjoy that at all. Because the Wonder Twins are just kind of silly and, you know. <laughs> but, again, such a surprising series. 
That yeah. was so cool. Uh, I think I've I've done enough categories. Unless you want to throw any more at me. No, no, that's that's plenty. That's no. Oh, yeah, it's an award show. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Paul? What are what are some of your favourite categories from 2019? Um, well, I'll just do the one. But um, oh. there's a every now and again in your life, it's a golden hour where something magical is happening, where you're getting a changeover between two things. Um, I've lived through probably two or three golden hours, and um, oh. one I remember is like Star Wars figures when they were around and no one wanted them. And they were cheap, and you know you'd go to the like the shops, and there'd be like peg loads and peg loads of Return of the Jedi action figures for two dollars yeah. each because no one wanted them. That was yeah. a golden hour. We are living okay. through a golden hour now, and it is oh. the changeover between digital movies and uh, physical media movies because no one really oh. wants them. They're abandoning them. You go to thrift shops, they're a dollar, and so I can walk into a thrift shop and walk out with a stack of movies, and I'm getting more for a dollar and you know, these films I haven't seen, the films I've wanted to own. Um, yeah, I'm just, it's amazing at the moment. Like, you know, the other day I just picked up Snowpiercer and Get Out and... Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I've even got some, you know, whole seasons of TV shows for a dollar. I got the first season of Legion the other day for a dollar. It's just wow. amazing. So it's a gold now. It is this magical transition period. And I reckon physical media will um, become desirable in the near future. And I'm, I'm not getting these so they're collectible. I'm getting them because I want them. Um, mm. But, you know, I've, I'm old enough to see some things that I bought on uh, iTunes vanish because uh, iTunes no longer has the license for that media. So, you know, I paid uh, for yes. it, but now it's gone. So you up to update iTunes and suddenly a song you like disappears from your collection. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, Thanks, iTunes. Thanks a yeah. bunch. And with this, all this splitting of uh, streaming media, it's uh, you know it's going to happen more and more. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm grateful, you know, that I have been able to find very cheap, you know, copies of movies. And you know, f- for a dollar, you'll you know, oh, I wanted to watch that. You know, that's cheaper than you were ever able to rent it. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, R- renting DVDs, God. <laughs> Remember renting DVDs? Oh my gosh, those were the days. <laughs> Yeah, I'm renting VHSs. Woo. Yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I have to ask, have you watched Get Out yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen it before. So oh. it's one of those films okay. that I really liked and I wanted to own. So Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Excellent. What did I watch the other day, which was a really good surprise? The Nice Guys. That was fantastic. I, I got the Blu-ray for a dollar. <laughs> the Nice Guys. Who was in that? that was... uh, that's uh, Russell Crowe and... <gasps> oh, um... Oh... Handsome McGee. The other one. Yeah. Oh, Ryan... um... Gosling. Yes, yes, that's right, yes. That is a good one, yes. Yeah. Great film and, you know, fantastic. Glad to own staying in the collection. You know, and also at this price, if I don't like a film, I can just take it to the, you know, the recycling place or give it back to, um, you know, the thrift shop, Mm. you know. So, yeah, it's it's just, it's a really good time. Nice. You like that? Nice. Yeah. 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 Cool. Wow. Okay. There we go. Well, that probably brings us to the end of this episode. So uh, next time on Waiting for Doom, I think we're going to do... Well, originally it was going to be more Weight of the Worlds, but it's not coming out yet, so... No, no. We might do more Volume 5. We might do something else. Mm. Yeah. Wait and see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, next time on DCOCD, which has still not been recorded, uh, we're going to do the new 52 as an event. Ooh. Yeah, that's a big one. And the next question of the week, if you're wondering, is 
Well, who's your favourite street-level comic character or title or arc or stories? You know, so street-level character, character on the streets without um, cosmic powers <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> huh, okay. Mm. Okay. Yes, but you can send your responses to that question to uh, Twitter at WFDPod. You can email them to waitingfordoom at gmail.com. Of course, there's always Facebook, and at waitingfordoom.com has the post for this show, and you can leave your answers there if you like, and leave us lovely messages. Yes. So, yeah, thank you for everyone who's been listening to us. We've had quite a break, and it hasn't slowed down the downloads, so people still want to hear us, apparently, which is a nice surprise. It is. (laughs) Year five, baby. I'm back in... Ready to roll for year five. Anyway, as always, stay weird, be good to each other, don't be a crumbum, and we'll catch you next time for more Waiting for Doom. Waiting for Doom, don't be a crumbum. Year five, baby. I'm back yes. and re- ready to roll for year five. Volume five in year five. Oh, we should have done that tagline in a promo. Um, isn't this year six? Hang on. No, because we, we launched on like New Year's Eve 2014. Yeah. So we came, we came out at the very start of 2015. That's still, this is year six. Is it? No. Yeah, we've completed, we've literally done five years worth of podcasting. Uh, Use your fingers, all of 15. All of yeah, 15. I just did, alright, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I'm going to have to edit all that out now. <laughs> uh, no, so, just shut up, okay? <laughs> I'm Paul. <laughs> Look, we're going to start all over again. Hello, welcome to Waiting for Doom. <laughs> the Doom Patrol podcast about the Doom Patrol. <laughs> this is episode one. <laughs> uh. Oh, dear.